Hi everyone, welcome back to Oneg Shabbat. Today we'll be discussing Parashat Mishpatim. Now, Parashat Mishpatim holds many, many laws on many different aspects. What I'd like to show today is a different view to show the Chidushim of Parashat Mishpatim. Now, when we see the chidushim, a Chidush, meaning a Chidush based on what was before, in order for us to understand what was before the Torah, here we need to use a little bit of history, a little bit of archaeology, a little bit of Assyriology. The science of digging and excavating and archaeologists in the Middle East is called Assyriology. It's a science that's been over the last few hundred years. And Baruch Hashem, it has helped us a lot with learning the Torah itself. I like to say that the blessing that Hashem gave us is the fact that it's, uh, archaeologists were able to go into the Middle East about 100, 150 years ago and to dig up so many things to help us learn Torah before all the political madness that went on there. It was a blessing of Hashem that we were able to see these things, to see these archaeological finds, to help us understand the Torah. One of the significant finds, which we'll be discussing today, is the Code of Hammurabi. Hammurabi was the king of Bavel around the time of the Avot. We're talking about 18th century BC, around that. Now what Hammurabi helps us is to understand the standards. The standards which were um, back in the day. We see his laws, we see what people thought. When we see that, we can compare it to the Torah, and we can see what the Torah is trying to teach and what the deep idea is. I want to show that through one law, and to show that this small law, first of all, we can understand it well if we know what the Torah is fighting against, and also we can understand the deep idea behind it. I'm talking about Perek Afal. In Perek Afal, if we see the Deen in Pasuk Kaftet, Av Shor Nagachum Itmol Shel Shom, what we call Shor Mu'ad, a Shor which we know had a problematic background, if he kills, or kofer. Now the Torah says something very interesting in Pasuk It doesn't matter if he does a ben or a bat, What is a ben? What is a bat? A ben seems to be the son or the daughter. But what's a chidush? If you kill a person, you kill a person. What does it matter if he's ben mitzvah, lav bar mitzvah? What's the difference? So Rashi al Midrash says here, the pasuk is coming, l'rabot, even if he's katan, you would have thought he's katan, maybe he wasn't careful, maybe he's not the same legal status, kamash malan, it's the same thing. But if we look at the Hammurabi Codex, we can understand what exactly this pasuk is saying. According to Hammurabi, we do midah keneged midah. If my show kills someone else's son, then God forbid the punishment is the execution not of me, but rather of my son. If someone, if I kill someone's daughter, God forbid, the, pro, the execution will be midah keneged midah with the children. That is what Hammurabi states as a law. What's the philosophy behind this law? The idea is that a children's, uh, that a children belong to the parent. Just like the parent has mitaltelin, real estate that belongs to him, his children and his family belong to him as well. And therefore you can punish a person by taking away his children. His children belong to him, so when you're punishing the children, you're actually punishing the parent. The Torah fights against this. Parents do not own their children. Parents have responsibilities over their children. Parents need to educate their children. Parents do not own their children, God forbid. And therefore, O benigach, O batigach, kamishpat Doesn't matter if you kill someone's son or someone's daughter, the deen is the same deen. The person who will be punished is you, the owner of the cow, the owner of the show. You will be the one who's punished, the owner of the bull, not your children. Your children do not belong to you. It is not their sin. And this is an idea where we find in many, many places in Torah, the idea of fighting this terrible idea that children belong to their parents. I'd like to show a few parashiyot over Tanakh that emphasize exactly this. The first parasha we'd like to look at is in Sefer Dvarim. 
two different parashot. The first parasha is Parashiat Ben Sorer Umore in Perek Kaf Aleph. In Perek Kaf Aleph in Sefer, Sefer Dvarim, we learn about a son who has Ben Sorer Umore, Einenu Shomea Bekol Aviv Bekol Imo, Beiseru Oto, Velo Yishma Alem, he doesn't listen. What do they have to do? They take him to Ziknei Iro, and only then can the child be punished. What's the Chidush of this terrible parasha? Parasha which Chazal say never was. What's the Chidush of this parasha? The parents cannot do anything to their child unless Ziknei Iro, unless the Beit Din allows it. The fact that he's your child doesn't mean you can do whatever you want to him and God forbid execute him. Unlike Hammurabi's rules, unlike the rules in the ancient world that claim that children are owned by their parents and the parents can do whatever they want to the children. The Torah says no. Your child doesn't listen, you take him to trial. You cannot make that decision. Decision. The same thing we see in Dvarim, in Perek Avdalet, Pasuk Tedzayin, Lo yumtu avot al banim, uvanim lo yumtu al avot, ish becheto yumat. You cannot kill a child for the sin of his parent. Now, Chazal were mitkashen this Pasuk, Pshita, how would you, why would you kill a child for the parent's fault, for the parent's violation of the law? And therefore they say, the Pasuk is actually talking about Dine Edut, Lo yumtu banim, be'edut avot, ve'avot lo yumtu be'edut banim. From here we learn the idea of you not being able to testify against a relative. But the Pshata Pasuk, and Pshutot Shen Mikra, is telling us that you cannot punish a child for the father's sin because of what we just said. The father is not owned, the child is not owned by the father and goes vice versa as well. If the child is at fault, it doesn't mean the father needs to be executed for it. The child is his own person. The father does not own him. And this pasuk is not so simple to, like, to see people doing it because in Divrayamim bit, we see that the Tanakh has to tell us that this was actually performed. Divrayamim bit in Perekafhei, we see the story of Amatsya. Amatziah's father, Yoash, was murdered by his servants. And we see here, Ben 25 years in the world of Amatziah, and 29 and he does all the good. And Pasuk Gimel, Vayika Asher Chazka Mamlacha Alav, Vayarog Et Avadav Makim Et Amelech Aviv, Ve'et Bneihem Lo Emit. Ki Kakatuv Batora Besef Moshe Asher Tziva Adonai Leimor Lo Yumtu Avot Al Banim, Uvenim Lo Yumtu Al Avot Ish Becheto Yamutu. Which means the Tanakh feels the need to emphasize that Amatziah did not execute the children of the people who sinned, because the children are not owned by their parents. Parents have responsibility toward their children. Parents need to educate their children. Tanakh is very big on that. But parents do not own their children. And we see that in the parasha of Shora Mu'ad. And therefore, um, we see that Obenigach, Obatigach, and Shoram Wad, as I said, we see it through the entire Torah. And Dafka, through understanding Hammurabi's law, Dafka, from understanding what was during the Torah, what the Torah came to fight against, we can understand the bigger Chidush of the Torah. This isn't just a law, this is a law with a very deep philosophy behind it. Children are their own beings, children do not belong to the parents. Parents do not have absolute permission to do whatever they want with their children. They have responsibility, but they do not have ownership. Shabbat shalom.